Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Our precious Father, we thank you again for the privilege we have to, sit, to be seated here and be in our homes to listen to your word. We pray, Lord, that you open our eyes, help us to understand the importance of your word, so that we give attention to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, I want to plead with us. It will do you a lot of good to listen. You know, people go to church and don't get much, but they don't listen. The most important thing in your life is what God has to say. There is nothing more important than what God is telling you. Nothing. I don't care what the government is saying. I don't care what the doctor is saying. I don't care what anybody is saying. The word of God trumps everything. And if you don't hear the word of God, I don't even know how you can live as a Christian. Whose word will you honor? Whose word will you listen to? If God can talk to you, who else can talk to you? Somebody was asking a question. He said, how can people come to church 15 years and they don't change? Fast on, get worse. Don't play games with your life. You have only one. You have only one. This word can make you live longer. This word is, what you, is all you have to overcome the viciousness of the devil and this world in which we live. This word. You don't have wisdom to match them. You don't have anything to match them. So I want you to listen. Because we do you a word of good. If you agree, say Amen. So we're talking about, you see, some principles of the kingdom in which we live. We don't know them. We don't know them. And we should begin to learn them. And so too, we're talking about, you know, how God does his things. How God does his things. Not what religion told us. Like I was saying that prayer is one thing that Christians do not go back to the Bible to find out what the Bible teaches about it. Everything we've been doing in prayer is what we grew. We came to church and we started doing them. We didn't vet them. We haven't vetted them. We just doing what we say people do, what somebody told us, what this man said. Who cares about what people say? We should go back to the Bible and find out and say, Lord, teach me how to what? How to pray. What did God say about prayer? What am I doing that is not in line with what God said? So that I make sure that my prayer is accurately done. I said it during this teaching. It's not every miracle to your prayer that is from God. It will shock you, but that's true. The devil can give you a miracle just to make sure that he deceives you and perpetuates you in deceit. He can give you a miracle. And you'll be shouting praise the Lord. God, it's not God. Because Jesus said that the last day someone will come and say, we did these things in your name. I said, I never what? Knew you. I didn't know you. We, we must be careful for what we're doing. All that glitters is not good, especially in these last days. The Bible said expressly warning the church that doctrines of demons will be preponderance, that deceit will be everywhere, that even the elect, even the elect. So how does God do his things? We talked, what I titled this is, what do you have in your hands? You can give it your title, doesn't matter. But I titled what do you have in your hands? And we're saying, in, I don't know how many of you listen to the Bible studies too. It, you know, it shocks me that somebody will come and stop me and say, Pastor, I've been following your series and this is amazing revelation. And you that sit in this church don't even hear it. You don't even hear it. You don't even know what we're talking about. You haven't even followed the series. So we've been saying, you say, how God provides solution for the problem. What? God is very orderly. You must know this about God. It's not disorderly. Don't worry about people who won't, they won't get ready for their sermons, plan their services. Disorderly people say, Holy Ghost, take over. We have assigned disorderliness to the Spirit of God. 
all in the name of, you know, Holy Ghost takeover. And yet God says, I'm not the author of confusion. God is very orderly. If God does anything now, he didn't wake up and say, I'm going to do this thing. He had had a plan before you were born that this would happen. That's why God can show you things to come. Things to come. It's fixed. So God is very, very disorderly. Very, very orderly. We must know that. He's not disorderly. He's not schizophrenic. What's schizophrenic? You know, just Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Wakes up and Holy, Holy Ghost. And God has always been there from creation. You see, the Bible says God does not change. There's no, what you see him do in the Old Testament, it doesn't change. There's no altar of change with God. And so we look at a couple of things he did in the past. In the Old Testament, which is a shadow that tells us what the real is. The real is Christ. The Old Testament is a shadow. It's a shadow that teaches us if we didn't see the Old Testament, we wouldn't understand what sacrifice means. We wouldn't understand what the blood means. We wouldn't understand all of these things. So the shadows, he used the shadow to illustrate. We use what we can see physically to illustrate us the reality, spiritual things coming patterned after this. Because he said to Moses, build this thing as I've shown you, patterned after what I showed So let's look at what God did with people who had issues. First of all, Moses. Remember when Moses and the children of Israel were leaving Egypt and they were going to the promised land? They ran into a very difficult uh, challenge. They were at the Red Sea and then the Egyptians were surrounding them. There was no way to escape it. That was a challenge. And you think that God just saw it happen. You think that God just said, oh, wow. And you might can look at where these people are. What am I going to do now? No. God knew they would be there. And God has provided answer before they got there. Can I hear Amen. But the problem is, would you find his answers? That's where the trouble is. And so let's read the Exodus 14, 10. Again, I want you to listen because you need to change this paradigm of thinking that, you know, that's why we think we have to shake God and wake him up and do all this things so he can wake up and say, God, see where I am. See where I am. Exodus 14, 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? They didn't know God has a solution there. They didn't know. That's why they were all afraid. And they were misreading everything backwards. So they said, why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone? that we may serve the Egyptians. Look at the choice they are now making because of fear. It's called backsliding. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in this wilderness. In one split second, they forgot all the miracles they saw. Fear paralyzed them. They forgot all the terrific miracles they saw. All of them. In one split second. Verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more. How long? Forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And verse 5. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you do what? Why are you praying? Why are you praying to me? Moses, why are you praying? Why are you calling me? I can't imagine the prayer meeting about this time in a regular church. They have been pray, 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 pray. Holy Ghost, fire. God said to Moses, why are you doing what? Talking to me. Why are you talking to me, Moses? Before you got there, I gave you the answer. Why are you talking to me? 
Why do you cry to me, Moses? Tell the children of Israel to go what? Forward. But lift up your what? Rod. Somebody shout hallelujah. Lift up your what? Did Moses have this rod or this wine? So why was he talking to God? He didn't know. He forgot what that rod has done before. He, forgot. he was the one that preached to them, don't be afraid. You know, God is okay. But he was the one God said, after talking to them, why are you talking to me? This rod has done things before. Straight it forth again. He said, but lift up your rod and straight out your hand over the sea and divide it. Are you kidding me? God said to Moses, you divide this thing. <laughs> Moses, do what? Divide this thing. Remember, God said to Moses, you brought them out. <laughs> Moses said, I didn't say you did. They divide the race. You, Moses, divide it. You do it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I did, we hardened the house of the children. Okay, we know the rest of the story, so let's not even go there. You know, there's something that really, I want to show you something in these verses. Yeah, verse 17, very interesting. Let's just read Read the, that's Exodus 14, 17. Let's go back there. And indeed we had in the house of the, of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. I want you to see verse 19. So you know that what happened then is still happening today. That was a shadow. The shadow is not too different from the reality. The reality is the substance. The shadow is just a reflection. So verse 19, and the angel of the Lord who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood, where does it stand now? Behind them. Verse 20, so it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of who? Israel. Because it was a cloud, listen to this, it was a cloud and darkness to one, and we give light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all night. Now look at the New Testament, it's still happening today. Christ in you is giving, is perceived differently. To some people, Christ is what? Death. To those who are saved, Christ is what? Light. It's still happening today. It's still happening today. Look at it in 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphant procession. Remember, Israel was being led along. Now Christ is leading us along. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. 15. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently. The angels stood here. These people perceived it as darkness. These people saw it as light. Here is Jesus standing, being perceived differently. To those, 16, to those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death. To the Egyptians, that angel was darkness. Now you, when you go wherever you go, to some people, you are a dreadful smell of death. They, they hate you. They hate you. You smell death to them. Now to another group of people, but to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving what? Perfume. What happened then? It's still happening. And who is adequate for such a task as this? Verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into a dry land, 
and the waters were divided. Now, before Moses set out, let's see what, what happened in Exodus 4, 2. And the Lord said unto him, what is that in thy hand? What is that in thy what? Hand. And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a what? A serpent. And what happened to Moses? What happened to him? Moses fled from before him. It was a real snake. Real one. And he made like this to Moses. Ah. So Moses took off. The man ran. God was showing him, I've changed that thing from ordinary rod to my rod. The rod of Jesse, Christ himself, that stood on that cross, a tree. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so and Moses fled from before it four. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thy hand and take it by the tail. He said, don't touch it by the mouth or it will bite you. It's not magic, it's real snake. It will bite you. Pull it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and cut it and it became a rod. What? His hand. Verse 17. And thou shalt take this rod in thy hand while with thou shalt do signs. So when it was time to do signs, he was talking to God and God said, Moses, I gave you something to do signs with. I gave you the answer to this thing. Now verse, verse 20. And Moses took his wife and his sons and set them upon an ass, and he returned to the land of the Egypt. Let's read the last sentence together. And Moses took what? The rod of God, what? The rod of God in his hand. And God said to Moses, before you get there, I have given you something. I will solve your problem. You have it in your hand. And here you are crying to me. Now let's look at another example. Second Kings 6, 11. The king of Aram became very upset over this. This is a Syrian king. You know, every single time he will plan to war with Israel. Israel will know his plan and they'll come and defeat him. So he became really upset about that. And he called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not, it is not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. 13. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back. Elisha is in, where is Elisha? In daughter. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city so Elisha cannot escape. Verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, chariots everywhere. And then Gehazi said, Oh, sir. What will we do? What? Now. The young man cried to Elisha. He saw the challenges. But what he didn't know, that God, is, God says, before you ask, ask me, I have what? Answered. He said, I anticipate your problem, and I send you answers ahead of time. I'm a God that is ever present. So Elisha did something in verse 16. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our what? Side than on earth. Then Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, open his what? Eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, what did he see? He saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with 
horses and when did you think they came? They came before those people came. God put them there. So Elisha knew they were there. Now when you know, when you, when you oh my God, if you walk in this truth, this revelation, your days of fear are what? Elijah didn't flinch one second because he knew the Lord's salvation was there. But somebody didn't know that. Who was that person? What was Gehazi now doing? He was fretting and afraid. Fretting and afraid. Now, why did Gehazi not see those things? Gehazi was a classical, carnal human being. And you know by your character, your carnality will show. If the flesh is ruling you, people know it. So look at Gehazi, 2 Kings 5.15. Then, then Naaman and his entire party went back after Naaman was healed of leprosy. His entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So, people, so please accept a gift from your servant. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives, lives whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elisha refused. This man was a heathen guy, and the, most of this thing they dedicate to demons and stuff like that. And Elisha said, I'll have none of that. I'm not going to take it from you. Verse 17. Then Naaman said, all right, but please allow me to load two of my mules and with earth from this place, and I'll take it back with me. From now on, I will never again offer burnt offerings to, or sacrifice to any other God except the Lord. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master, the king, goes into the temple of the God, Ramon, to worship there, leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me when I bow to go in peace, Elisha said. So Naaman started home. Verse 20, here comes a canal man. Canal people don't see spiritual things. They don't. So, verse 20, but Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to, my, to himself, my master should have, what? Should not have let this Armenian get away without accepting any of the gifts. Human wisdom. He didn't know why. Elisha said, don't, be, don't give me any of this. Human wisdom. Walking by sight. So he reasoned, you know, he reasoned. So 21. So no, he said no. He said, as surely as the Lord lives, I will chase after him and get something from him. 21. So Gehazi set off after Naaman. When Naaman saw Gehazi running after him, he climbed down from his chariot, went to meet him. He said, everything all right? Naaman asked, yes, sir, Gehazi said. But my master has sent me. He's lying. How many Christians lie? Oh, we're Christians until money comes in. Oh, we're Christians until money comes in. Two Christians can't do business together. It won't be six months and they're fighting. I think you know we should be telling ourselves the truth. We take things from people who don't plan to pay. I told my wife, I said, there are many people who are not Christians who come to church. And I'm telling you, it's absolutely true. Jesus said, by their fruits, absolutely true. So he said, but my master has sent me to tell you that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim have just arrived. He would like 25, 27 pounds of silver, and he was giving the numbers. 75 pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give them. 23, by all means, take twice as much silver, Naaman insisted. He gave him two sets of clothing and all that he take off from him. Then let's go down to verse 24. And when they arrived at the, at the citadel, Gehazi took the gifts from the servants and sent the men back. Then he went and hid the gifts inside the house 
Once you start doing something that your conscience is frightened with you, tell yourself the truth. That thing is wrong. That thing is wrong. Does your conscience fight with you that you came to church? No. But once you have this conscience issue, that after I didn't do anything, no, you are lying. You are lying. We, we, we blunt our conscience, kill our conscience, and it's a dangerous place to be. You are like a car without brake. I'm telling you right now. You should keep a very sensitive conscience. So now, he hid those this is, He said then, verse 25, when he went into his, his master, Elisha asked him, where have you been, Gehazi? Oh, I haven't been anywhere. <laughs> He's a classical liar. Again, how many Christians lie like this? How many of you swear and they're lying? You know, my sister, my sister lives in London. We're talking. He said to me, he said, brother, he said, my children will never lie. He said, they were brought up by the British. They were born there. I've only been to Africa once. And they said, we had an incident where there was a car that hit us. I know who is listening to me. He said, a car hit us behind. So I took all my family to the doctor. And then they thought, once they write that something is wrong with you, the insurance will pay you money. He said that. My children went there and said to the doctor, we're fine, nothing is wrong with us. He said, I was looking at them, what's wrong with these children? He <laughs> said, what's wrong with these children? He said, I was looking at them. He said, brother, he said, my children will not lie. I said, Uchenna, Christians do lie. So he said, I haven't been anywhere, he replied, 26. But Elisha asked him, don't you realize that I was there in spirit when Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to receive money and clothing? Olive grows and vineyard, sheep and cattle and male and female servants. Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer from Naaman's leprosy forever. He didn't know why Elijah said, don't leave this in my house. He had no idea. I know what I'm doing. I can do everything. Calm down. No, no, no. Don't you go and carry trouble that you shouldn't have carried. Matthew 26, Matthew 16, 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from what? Human point of view. Gehazi was arguing like a regular human beings do in the wisdom of this world. In the wisdom of this world. In the wisdom of this world. By the grace of God, we're going to teach more on kingdom values. Kingdom values. So you know the things you go after and the things you shouldn't bother about. You see, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not, God's, not, God's, not from God's point of view. And Jesus said, it's a dangerous trap. If Jesus says something is dangerous, it's really dangerous. He says it's a dangerous trap. Let me tell you, when we see things from a human point of view, First Corinthians 5, I mean 3 verse 1. However, brethren, I could not talk to you as a spiritual, as to spiritual men, but as to unspiritual men of the flesh, in whom the carnal nature predominates, as to mere infants in the new life in Christ, unable to take yet, to talk yet, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not yet strong enough to be ready for it. But even yet you are not strong enough to be ready for it, for you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses for as long as there are envy, jealousy, wranglings, factions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh behaving yourself after human standard like mere unchanged human beings? These are Christians he's talking to. He said, there are things I can't even teach you 
because you won't understand them. How can these people even now begin to see all the things that God is doing when there are things they can't even understand? How can they see the salvation of God? You see, when the scripture says that God will show you his salvation, what he's talking about is that God will show you the solution he has provided for you before the thing comes. That's why he said, I reveal my salvation to you. That's why Moses said to them, he said, you people stand and behold the salvation of the Lord at the Red Sea. Behold the solution God has provided. First Corinthians 2 verse 6. Yet when, I'm among, when I am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. Now it's saying that the revelation of God, you can't learn it from the university, you can't learn it from anywhere. PhDs can't teach it to you. It is grace revelation. It's revelation of the grace of God, the work of grace that Christ accomplished. There's no way, you can't learn it from anywhere. He says, let me start again. Yet when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world. You find in the universities, you find everywhere. It doesn't belong there. Or the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. Seven. Nor the wisdom we no, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, His plan, His plan that provides solution before you get there. His plan that goes ahead of you. He says, My fear will go ahead of you. He said I will go ahead of you. His plan that goes ahead of you. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world even began. He did this for our ultimate glory, verse 8. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. Verse 10, verse 10, 1 Corinthians 2, 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit researches out everything and shows us God's deep secret. Only his spirit will show you divine salvation in this situation. Only him. And let me tell you, some of the times what we show you will look very foolish. It will look like it won't solve your problem. Like it did to Abraham. Abraham looked at this and said, why am I going to the desert? He chose Egypt. He said, that's come as here. Why he's sending me? I'm not going. Verse 12. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given to us. He has freely given us all these things. He has freely given us all this. Verse 14. The people who aren't spiritual can't receive this truth from God's spirit. That's why Gehazi could not see nothing. Could you see anything? It sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. See, that's why how can I even stand here and be pleading with you to listen to Bible studies? This is why. It sounds foolish to you. This is the reason. Because the values of this world look more important to you. So the Bible study looks foolish. Foolish. <laughs> Sit down, listen to Bible studies. I have better things to do. This is the reason. This is the reason, church. Values, choices. Which one the flesh directs you to make? Which one the spirit directs you to make? Do you know that Adam, the devil has always fought this battle to switch you from walking by, by your spirit to walking by sight? He knows that if you walk by sight, your sight will never see the salvation of God. He knows that. So if he switches you from walking by your spirit, which sees spiritual realities, to walking by your sight, you will see divine solution. And if you don't see divine solution, he will give you prayer topics. You'll be wasting your time. You know, my mentor said something that shocked me. He said he came to church one time, and they were, they were preparing. You know how you go and prepare and pray before you come and start service? He said they had gone to their vestry, and as they were praying, they, he said the devil spoke up and said to him, he said, Why are you, what are you doing here? He said, why, you came here to bother me? 
He said, I'm the one giving them their prayer topics. What are you doing here? Let me tell you, all those unscriptural prayer topics you raise are not from the Holy Spirit. Somebody is treating you like Samson. Why? Your eyes are blind. When your eyes are blind, he will put you on a treadmill and make you go round and round and round. 40 days dry, another 20 days dry, and this one dry, and this one dry. What is grace? What is the revelation of grace? It's not there. Where there's no grace, there's no rest. And I hear amen. Where you don't see grace, you don't enter any rest. You're laboring for what Christ has labored for. Why? The eyes is gushed out. The anointing is gone. You are a mere human being. Mere human beings don't see spiritual things. So the devil endeavors. That's why Jesus said, it's a dangerous trap Satan you are setting for me. Switch me from walking by my spirit to walking by sight where I will not see what God is doing. And if you don't see what God is doing, you'll be out of sync with God. That's the attack he launched on Adam and Eve. Nothing more. Exactly what the devil did to Adam and Eve is to stop seeing by their spiritual eye and to start seeing by natural what? Immediately they did that. They lost their dominion. Lost the, their marriage became in shambles. Adam began to accuse the wife and say, God, is this wife you gave me? This is the woman he said before. He said, this is now the bone. Honey, I love you. Bone of my bone. Bone of my bone. One day switched that sight. He started seeing her differently. He said to God, this, this woman, you called her a woman. No more the bone. He said, this woman you gave me. Trouble came to his family. And then he, instead of dominating creation, Adam was competing with creation. He went out, started tilling the ground, competing with creation. He was supposed to dominate it. Oh, praise the Lord. He was supposed to be in dominion. Those things were created for him to serve him. Now he's out there tilling the ground, making all the effort he shouldn't have made. Why? Because the devil deceived him to start walking by sight and he stopped seeing the glory of God. Remember that he and Eve, they were naked, but they were not what? I didn't hear you. They were naked, but they were not what? Why? They were not seen with the natural eye. They were seeing the glory of God. You can't have shame when you are in the presence of God's glory. But the moment they switched that thing, they became afraid. They became ashamed. They lost sight of what God has put in place for them to enjoy in the garden. They lost sight of the salvation of the Lord. Am I communicating to you? If you are following me, shout hallelujah. Genesis 2.23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. See, he's <laughs> so glorying in the wife. Then Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God has made. The devil is a deceiver. That's what this is saying. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may not, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall sh- not surely, what, die. For God knows, for God, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes your eyes, which eyes? He didn't tell them. You know what he told them is true. That the day you do this, you switch from spiritual eyes to what? Another eyes. Your eyes will be what? Opened. And you shall, and you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. You take over the control of your life. Now, Adam, you and your wife start deciding what is good for you to do and what is not good for you to do. That's what God told them. It's my prerogative. I decide what is good 
I decide what is what, but justice is from me. And the devil said, no, take it over from him. Uh, take it over from him. You cannot decide what is good for you, decide what is not good for you. That's okay. When you do that, your eyes will be what? What verse did I read? Five. Let's read the next verse. For God doth know, verse five. Okay, we read verse five. Okay. Now, verse six. And when the woman saw, what did she used to see? Come on, answer me. What did she used to see? What did she used to see? Natural. The devil switched them. Switch it like switch. He said, you see, stop seeing like the before. You see now. Let your eyes, this one, be open. Let me tell you something. If, you are, if your natural eyes is opened, your spiritual eye is automatically shut. Automatically shut. Both of them can be open at the center. And so the woman saw, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, what did God tell them? He said, hey, I've created all these things for you for food. I gave you this for food. I gave you this for food. All of a sudden, she discovers something she thinks is better than what God told them before. That was a tree to be desired. It, it was, I mean, it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Now, look at verse 8 of verse 7. Verse 7. And the eyes of both of them, both were what? Come on. <laughs> Their eyes were what? Is it not what the devil told them? Their eyes of both of them were open, which means their eyes was closed before. Open. And they knew now that they were, see the switch, they lost the glory that they had. And they sued fig, fig leaves. See, they started taking over their lives, taking care now. They sued fig leaves together and made themselves what? But he knew that this could not cover their iniquity. Human wisdom. Verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, what did they do now? Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the tree of the garden. See what walking by side does. The word of God becomes anathema to you. It becomes repulsive to you. It's no more attractive to you. You run away from it. You hide from it. Because you don't see what blessing it brings you. What I'm telling you is true. Look, if you love something, you don't need pushing. Am I right? If you love something, you don't need pushing. When I married my wife, I didn't need pushing. I would travel from Kaduna to, to Nsoka. I don't even know how long it would. I, don't care. I didn't care how long. Every two weeks I was there. Nobody pushed me. I would send her a letter. I would mail her letter every day. Unless the day didn't come, Hall of Records knew me in Kaduna. They knew me because I buy a card every day. I mail it, telling her how I love her, honey, I love you. You know, there was no cell phone, so that was my cell phone. That's what I did for you now. <laughs> if you love God, his word, you can't have enough of his voice. I'm not joking. The voice of a lover, you, you want to hear. Once you don't like somebody, you don't like their voice. If you hear their voice, you say, they come again. Okay, what do you want to say? Say, let me go, I beg. Then you find every reason not to hear it. But once it's a lover's voice. The, our people say, if you say something that the sick man likes, he say, raise my head. Raise my head. The word of God becomes repulsive to them. Verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid. How can the word of God put this fear? But the Bible says it puts this fear. Why? They've switched off. They're no more able to see. 
the glory in that word. They are more, no more able to get the revelation in that word. And in this state, Adam will never see the salvation of the Lord. And that's why God kicked them out. He said, they can't stay here because they're going to make more mistakes. They're no more walking by the sight I gave them. They have opened another side. The devil has freed them from the sight I gave them to walk with to the side the devil gave them to walk with. And God said, if they stay here, they're going to make more mistakes now. They're no more fit to be here. So he kicked them out. And then that same thing he did to an entire church in Galatia. Galatia chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatia, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard from Christ, about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new life in the Spirit, why are you not trying to perfect by your own human effort, the devil sweep them from walking by, by the spirit to walking by sight. His entire church and, the, and Paul said, something cast an evil spell on you. This is demonic. He did it to Adam and Eve and succeeded. He tried it on Jesus and failed. He did it to Galatian church and succeeded. That's what he does to Christians. If you have a problem, he wants to switch you and open another side with which you see. So you are blind to what the solution God has put for you. And you'll be praying no matter how useless way. Wasting your time. You cannot see why Paul prays for the church. That God will open what? Eyes. And close this other one. Ephesians 1.16. My heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you. As I constantly remember you in my prayers, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, will impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and spirit of revelation. Spirit of revelation. To know him. Through your deepening intimacy with him, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your what? Imagination or understanding, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds, that he finds in us, his holy ones. Paul said, I don't cease to pray this prayer because I know what the devil does. I know what he did. And that's why he said to Galatians, I'm going again to travel in prayer until Christ is formed, what? Until you start seeing correctly again. Now, Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior of the, and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, it says, there can't be any change until you switch your eye. Until you start thinking differently, until you remove your eyes from walking by sight, walking by the Spirit. You can't see what God has done in you. You can't understand all of these things. No matter how you talk about it, it won't make any sense to you. It won't make any sense to you. Now, let's see 2 Kings 7 verse 1. Elisha replied, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow, in the market of Samaria, five squats of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver. And 10 quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. The officer assisting the king said to the man of God, that couldn't happen. Even if God, Lord opened the windows of heaven. But Elisha replied, you will see it happen but with your eyes, but you won't be able to eat of any of it. You know what happened here? Israel was, Israel was uh, they had this army that surrounded them, and then they couldn't come out. There was serious, severe famine. And when God told them that, 
By this time tomorrow, food will be barricaded. He didn't know that God already supplied the food and the food was outside the gate. Praise the Lord. You know who brought the food? The enemies. He made that army bring that food and station it outside. So God was telling them, there's food for you. Tomorrow go get it. And this man said, even if God opened heaven, it won't happen. And the man said, people with, with spiritual blindness don't partake of divine blessings. That's what he told him. People with spiritual blindness, they can't see the food that God has put in place. They can't partake of it. And that's why God said to God, open the eyes of who? Gehazi. So he will see the Lord's salvation. My prayer is that God will open our eyes to see God's salvation. This thing is it's all ramification in your entire life. Everything. If you walk by the Spirit and pray that God will show you his salvation, God will reveal to you the finger of God. And you will always say the finger of God is called his faithfulness. You will see his faithfulness in his finger in your life. Everywhere you turn, anything you do, you see that God has gone ahead of you. you know, I told the story when I couldn't, my wife had a Ugo, the young man Ugo, and I couldn't pay 500 naira. That was all I needed to pay for them to, to come out of hospital. So they seized my wife and Ugo. Don't tell anybody this story. They were seized. Yeah, they were seized. So I went to my relations who were rich, real millionaires. This, the same father with my mother, they kicked me out. They kicked me out. They didn't even they want to hear me. I really stepped out there. The Lord said to me, who sent you there? You see, the devil switched me from walking by the Spirit to what? I have joined the heart of my relation. God said, did I send you there? He warned me. He said, don't do things by your wisdom again. I have the plans I have for you. Plans to do you good, not to do you evil. If you walk by my spirit, I will reveal my plans to you. I'm faithful. He told me, he said, go to Brother Do. Brother Do lives in Ajegula of all places. Plumber. He didn't have much. He said, go there. I said, I kept 500 for you before your wife got to the hospital. That's what I'm telling you is true. And I went to Brother Do. I knocked, came in. I said, Brother Do, I want to borrow 500 from you. He said, borrow? He said, so you are the owner of this money. Ha! He said, I've been keeping this money a long time. And the Lord will tell me, it's not your money. Don't use it. And you know, he said, I put it in an umbrella and hid the umbrella somewhere. He said, please, I need the money myself. So take the money and simply do what? Leave my house. He said, ah, so you are the one. So he went and brought it. I am not joking. The money was so wet. It has mold. It's been there for a while. When did God prepare for me? Before I got there. Before I got there. But because the devil switched me from walking by the Spirit and seeing the hand. If I had gone to the Lord and said, Lord, where did you prepare for me to have this thing? You show me what it is. But I have gone in my mind and gone to the people I thought would give me. And they, here and behold, they kicked me out. And I took the money, came back and paid. And my wife came home. That, oh, I thought she, okay, you moved through here. She came home. And the Gochuku came home. Did you, are you learning anything? The devil will try to switch you at any occasion in any situation. Switch you and open the natural eyes so your spiritual eyes is what? Closed. In that circumstance, you can lose your marriage. Your wife can become anathema. Your children can be the problem. You assign this, you know, you assign the wrong. It's because of this, because of that, because of that. And you pray all manner of useless, worthless prayer. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads to pray. Open my eyes, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Open my eyes, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Open. 
Father, I pray that you help us to understand what you are telling us. To watch out for the dangerous attack of Satan that switches a Christian from walking by his spirit to walking by sight. Because when he does that, that sight will never discern. We never discern the salvation of God. We never see the finger of God because God is a spirit. I pray that you help us to understand what you're saying. So that watch out for those things. And I will begin to pray and seek you to open the eyes of our understanding. So they walk perpetually in the spirit. So they can see the glory of the Lord and see the salvation of God. And see the finger of God at hand that is not known to the human mind. And not known to the kings of this world. So we can walk in your rest. Walk in your glory. Walk in victory. For you always lead us in triumph. Thank you precious father. In Jesus name we pray.